Welcome back here with another edition of our Preps Podcast. This is Kyle Neddenrip and joined again by Logan Hunt uh, from the Mick Network. And uh, Logan, we were both out at the same game on Friday night. Uh, Center Grove 20-0 to uh, victory over Warren Central. And I thought, you know, really a, a pretty good showing for the Warren Central defense. Really good showing for the defense, I thought. Uh, and, and, I, you know, coming away from that game, I know Center Grove, how we feel about their defense. They were everything uh, they were built up to be and, and uh, held Warren to 58 yards of total offense. Uh, Warren didn't pick up a first down until late in the third quarter. And a very young Warren Central offense, I think not totally unexpected uh, going into that game for Jason West that, that it, the game played out that way. But, you know, Logan, coming away from that game, what were your impressions overall? How, is there any concern on your part uh, with Center Grove's offense, which – you know, it wasn't clicking on all cylinders uh, throughout the night. It did get going in the in the second half. Uh, they kind of, I thought, wore down Warren a little bit, and hard for that defense to to stand up the entire game. But uh, but but overall, what what was your takeaway from uh, from watching that game Friday night, in particular, Center Grove's offense? Yeah, I was very impressed with with Warren Central's defense uh, and how they were able to attack at the run of Center Grove and were able to hold Taven Jackson kind of at bay didn't allow too many explosive plays obviously there are, there are always going to be some uh, with the with the guys that center grove has on the offense but but carson Steele was, was held in check as well they were running him more out of the backfield rather than you know getting under center like we're like we're used to seeing but him and daniel weems uh did did all right but there were there just wasn't uh, any big plays that we saw on the ground from center grove that i thought we were going to see more of especially from that offensive line of theirs that they have so uh, it, it just there there wasn't anything explosive, but like you said, they just kind of wore Warren Central down. They they would keep the chains moving here and there, and enough to keep uh, keep the defense honest. And Taven Jackson did throw the ball a couple times and made uh, some fantastic uh, passes under pressure. I mean, really did, and and uh, was able to thread the needle for another touchdown score as well in that third quarter. So. I uh, I th- I think I would credit more to Warren Central's defense than than be terribly worried about the offense of Center Grove. However, uh, I I did anticipate a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. I think Eric Moore, uh, from talking to him after he, you know, it wasn't like it was a jubilant uh, scene after the game necessarily. Even as well as the defense played, and, and you know, the defensive line, it's almost like a. You know, a college line against a you know a high school line, and nothing against Warren. It just Center Grove is just that good up front that that they just completely dominated the line of scrimmage, and I think that's kind of what you expect. I mean, maybe even more so than than you know we we saw you know in the game on Friday. That was probably even more than what you expect. But you know that clearly is an area of strength. Uh, you know, with Booker and Curry and those guys up front. And really, on all levels of their defense, they just have are really solid all the way around. Uh, but not a jubilant, you know. Talking to Taven Jackson after the game, he felt like you know they're doing some different things this year uh, with the offense, and particular the the run game with the quarterback. And you saw him run a few options that the the timing wasn't right on. I, I would say it looked a little bit off on the timing. You know, those are the types of things you're going to have to clean up a little bit. Uh, but also in the back of my mind, I, I, I know, and I actually wrote this, that you know the, the team that you see in August in Center Grove is not the same team that you see in November. And you know they, it very well could be they could line up in the uh, wing tee you know, as, the, as the season moves along, and they'll be you know, with Weems and Steele and 
you know, also with the the element of the quarterback run game that they have with Jackson, you know, they've got a lot of options uh, still as they as they move forward. So you may see some of these plays just uh, scrapped on the, uh, the 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 heap here as it goes along, but. Uh, but still, I thought, you know, you're right, Jackson did hit some big passes. Connor Delp, you know, looking at the stats here now in front of me, had 71 yards receiving uh, three catches, uh, made some big plays for him. Uh, Carson Steele's numbers were not bad, you know, 79 yards on 18 carries. Uh, didn't break the big one, like you said, uh, Logan. But And then Daniel Weems had 45 yards on 10 carries. So, you know, really good job by Warren of limiting those guys, not allowing them to, to break anything big. It was kind of, you know, at, the, at best, you know, three, four, five yards and then line it up again. So, you know, I think kind of what we saw was, you know, and, and I, I saw this in the scrimmage too when Center Grove played Brownsburg. You know, they're, they are trying to, some different things. They're just not as dominant uh, in the run game right now as, as they will be or hope to be. And I think some of those things will get cleaned up here in the next few weeks. Yeah, and I think some of that as well is trying to utilize Taven Jackson's arm. Uh, we've seen Center Grove pass the ball more than typical in these recent years as well. Now that Taven Jackson's there, you also want to utilize his talent and his ability. And I think we're starting to see some of that. He did hit some big plays. Like I said, to Connor Delp, uh, uh, Delp ended up with over you know, 70 yards, but uh, he made some fantastic grabs for, for some big first downs to keep those chains moving for Center Grove because – Warren Central done such a nice job uh, containing Carson Steele and Dana Williams in that run game, and I agree. It, 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 the options that they had, some of the timing was just off a little bit, and some of it was uh, that the Warren Central defense was getting penetration, but still, it, it, it just didn't feel like that was the peak of center growth. Some teams feel like they peak early, and center growth, I think, is still growing, which is a scary thought for uh, the rest of the teams in the state of Indiana. And also in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, in a lot of ways, this actually plays into Eric Moore's hands a little bit that he can, you know, hey, we're he can tell the guy, hey, we're not that good yet, you know, and we still have a long way to go. And, and I think, you know, I think that's a real thing. I think, you know, he'll have their attention and they know that they're going to have to be better than that, you know, if they want to win a state championship. You know, if you're running up against a better offense on Friday, it's it's not three nothing at halftime. It's 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 probably a different score than that. So, you know, I think that can be a good thing for you know keeping a sharp edge and and you know kind of keeping on those guys as they move forward. Uh, before we move on, though, I wanted to ask you about Warren Central's team. You know, I thought you know Eccles played really well up front. He was all over the place. I thought uh, offensively, you know, even though they didn't move the ball very well at all. I thought you know Prince Powell showed some good you know ability. I thought his demeanor was really solid throughout the night. Um, you know, I I think there's some good things to come from him still at this point. And really, I thought you know that this defense is looks like a defense that can kind of carry you if you can kind of figure out what to do on offense. No, absolutely. And watching this Warren Central team, it reminded me of back in 2012 and that year when Warren Central just had tons of studs on the defensive line and, and that that's kind of what it felt like this year was that defense was just holding 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 and and, and i'll tell you what uh joe jackson the punter had some magnificent punts to kind of at least to give the defense a little bit of breathing room he was punting from his own end zone a couple times because of that center row defense and i got it out there towards the 50 and the defense would hold for a three and out and get it back i mean it felt like when when was center grove going to break through and that defense did a really nice job of holding them uh, not to mention couple of field goals from Austin Watson, the center right. kicker, from 46 yards out, from 49 yards out. I mean, if you're, if you're Warren Central defense, you say, okay, we'll take that. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll be okay with that if the kicker's hitting 45-plus on us. 
but that defense sure did look strong. And uh, uh, what, what I really saw in particular was that the secondary players, your corners and your safeties, those guys really liked to hit. They were they were coming downfield making tackles. So that's something you don't see too often at the high school level. And we talked a lot about Senator Rose defense, and rightfully so, because it is. It, it looks a lot just like a college line. I mean, those guys are, are at the quarterback in two seconds. But uh, Warren Central's defense held its own as well and really kept the Warriors alive in that ball game and kept it from really getting out of control. Yeah, it kept it kept feeling like the dam was about to burst and that defense didn't let it happen. And uh, I thought I was really impressed with that, especially because Warren was playing their opener and uh, and, and Center Grove was playing game two. So, you know, I think Jason West pretty pleased overall. You know, coming out of that as much as you can be getting shut out, which is which is not what you want, but. Yeah, I think overall the way his team came out and played, uh, he did not feel bad about their performance on Friday. Uh, Center Grove will host Carmel on Friday this week in uh, week three, and, and Logan Carmel's coming off a you know kind of a butt kicking from uh, Cathedral, forty-four to twenty-eight. Uh, that game was tied late in the first half, and then uh, Cathedral goes on a thirty-one nothing run uh, into the third quarter. And leads by you know forty four thirteen basically until Carmel scores a couple of touchdowns late in the game, uh, but wow I don't know if this <clears throat> you know says more about Cathedral and, and they looked really good through two weeks, or uh, some concern for Carmel which we knew they were they were losing some you know firepower from last year but you know for the defense to give up almost six hundred yards yeah. uh, you know that's not a, a typical performance from the Greyhounds. No, absolutely not. That, that's what I, I was going to say, is that this Greyhound defense, when's the last time you've seen uh, a Carmel team give up that much uh, defensively, especially early in the season? Usually uh, that's the one true thing for Carmel is that that defense is going to be strong and, and clearly uh, did not do the right things on, uh, this time around. But Cathedral uh, has a nice offense of their own. Uh, McHale knows how to sling that thing and again, it can really get the offense going for Cathedral. I, I think it, it definitely points to, to both aspects to answer your question that cathedral uh, really is that good this year and and uh the rest of the teams in five and need to be on the lookout but also that Cornwall's defense did lose a lot and that offense you know was trying to get going just couldn't quite get the ball rolling in time uh once they finally broke through so uh, it's a little indicative of, of both but uh, I, I tell you what Cornwall's gonna have to uh, have to get that defense together if you're going to face Center Grove coming up in Week Three. Yeah, there there were some some good things uh, Cathedral uh, did, obviously to to roll up that many yards. I think Nathan McCahill, you know, and, and from talking to Bill Peebles even before the season, they felt really good about him stepping in at quarterback for Oren Edwards and and kind of taking the reins and running with it. And clearly, he's done that. Uh, but uh, Carmel's going to have to play better uh, this week. Uh, to beat Center Grove, and it'll, it'll be kind of fun to do. You know, I don't know. This doesn't always translate, but kind of compare how Cathedral uh, did against Carmel and how Center Grove does against Carmel, because that's a that's a game we'll see later in the year. Uh, Cathedral against Center Grove that could be a dynamite game. It looks like as as we sit here right now, uh, but uh, not a you know not a Carmel team that's going to have to play better clearly, and uh, you know they're they weren't able to. Uh, you know, to do a whole lot on the ground. You know, 135 yards is not bad uh, performance on the ground, but uh, they're going to have to do better than that, I think, uh, throughout this season. It's going to be tough to do on Friday against that Center Grove defense. But, you know, I would expect, you know, the Copper Kettle game always seems to be a close game. I, I think it probably will be. I think Carmel's defense will improve uh, after last week. But, uh, you know, a tough assignment ahead. I would I would clearly give the advantage to Center Grove going in. But, 
you never know. The Copper Kettle game is always a, an interesting battle. Well, if there's one time to ever wake up, it's when you have a rivalry staring right in front of you, you know, just a couple of days away after getting kind of walked over on your home turf uh, by, by Cathedral. So uh, I, I think that I agree with you. The Greyhounds will uh, kind of wake up a little bit here and, and get things rolling, and, and you have to uh, in this situation with a big rivalry, although I know how much the Copper Kettle means to both of these programs uh, and how rich that rivalry really is. So uh, I think it is going to be a much closer game, and we're going to see a different Carmel team just from week two now to week three. And also it's a rematch of the uh, 6A championship game from last year that Carmel won 20-17. to So another uh, layer to that uh, game on Friday night uh, should be a good one. Uh, that game again down at uh, Center Grove on Friday. And then also, you know, we touched on Warren, but Warren goes to North Central, Logan, and 32 games in a row, Warren has defeated North Central uh, going back to 1999. So, you know, a long, long uh, history of, uh, of of defeats for North Central. Some, some were closer than others. Most of them were not that close. But I think Friday night, a real chance, you know, to end that long streak. Uh, and North Central, you know, speaking to them, they're 2-0. and They They – Took an overtime victory over Hamilton Southeastern on Friday, 36-35. Uh, Theron Johnson, another big game. Had a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, another touchdown uh, uh, on the ground. And uh, caught the two-point conversion winner. So another big game uh, for the Northwestern recruit. But uh, you know, a real opportunity here in front of North Central. Those two teams could meet again uh, down the road in the sectional as well. Yeah, and, and I kind of I'm starting to embrace this a little bit more of, of these teams, you know, facing their sectional opponents during the regular season because it is a really fun gauge to see how much better these teams get or what adjustments are being made and who's willing to show their hand this early as well with some plays and, and some things that you you haven't seen before. But uh, this North Central team again, once again, I mean, just just back in the mix, finding a way to win off to a hot start and and I'll tell you what, blazing off of a an overtime win will get, will get you juiced for for the next Friday night. I'll get you uh, ready to go, especially with the team coming in that you haven't had success and you start believing a little bit more. And I think North Central knows that they they have a they have a team that can compete with anyone out there, uh, especially on their home turf. So uh, they have they have a legitimate defense. You have to watch out on the ground for David Smith. He's a guy that can make plays happen. You mentioned Theron Johnson as well. Uh, Zane Vessel has done a, a very good job stepping in and the quarterback role has given him some more stability there from last year. So uh, I, th- I think this is a North Central team that's going to give the Warriors and that defense all they can handle. And this uh, Warren team that's knocked them out the last two years in the tournament, two years ago it was in the regional, uh, 42-32 covered that game. was a great game. Yeah. And, and, of course, at that point David Bell uh, was, was still there at Warren, returned to punt uh, late in that game to kind of – give Warren the edge, but that was the Warren team that went on to win uh, a state championship undefeated title, and that was maybe their toughest game along the way. Uh, and that, that North Central team was kind of the turnaround team that year under Kevin O'Shea, 9-3, and three, uh, won a sectional for the first time in 25 years. And then last year, uh, Warren won 17-10, to 10, and that was a sectional game uh, and, and ended North Central season at 6-4. and four. 
I think this North Central team offensively, like you mentioned, uh, David Smith and Zade Vestal are, are better uh, equipped, I think, offensively as a, as a unit. And uh, defensively, they're loaded, too. And they, and they, they were hurt last week. Uh, you know, looks when they give up 35 points, that looks like a ton. They were also hurt by turnovers uh, in that game that kind of uh, hurt the defense a little bit as well. But, you know, I think this is going to be a great game. I, I would kind of, you know, probably give the upper hand to North Central uh, slightly, uh, but again, you know, long history of uh, uh, of kind of get get over the hump mentally uh, to beat a Warren Central program that's beat you so many times in a row. Uh, but that should be a good one Friday night at North Central and Logan also in the mic. Uh, you know, I think Pike has caught a lot of people by surprise with their two and zero start. They go for a three and zero start. This would be the first three and zero start for the Red Devils since two thousand seven uh, when they played Ben Davis on Friday night. And I'll tell you what, Kyle, this, going back to our, to our podcast from weeks ago, we were not surprised by the Red Devils this year. This mm-hmm. was a team that, that both you and I both uh, said they were going to be improved. Are we saying they're going to be the best team? No, but we think that they can compete with anybody just like we were seeing in the last two seasons uh, that they, they were starting to – there was some talent coming through there. Coach Edge last year really uh, turned the tide with these guys, and, and you saw them competing hard and – and taking, you know, taking uh, Ben Davis and Warren all the way down to the wire there and, and pulling out a win, one of those. I mean, this, this is a team that, that knows how to get it done. So uh, it, we're starting to see Seidella and Abu Rahim as well kind of run that, that dual quarterback system. It's just, just a, a, a wrinkle in the offense, which is fun to, to see. But that's a bike team that, that now believes that they can win. They're starting to, t- to turn those close losses into victories. And I think it's a team that, that we, we could knew there's plenty of talent there. The defense swarms to the ball. They have very fast defense. If they can put some more points on the board, uh, that's a team that, that can definitely can beat anyone in the mix. And this is getting way, way ahead, way too far, but I can do that and you can do that since we're not we're not coaches. But uh, you know, if they can beat Ben Davis, they'd be three and zero going to Carmel next week. And then with L C and Warren the two weeks after that you know, if they could pull off that Carmel win, you know, and then and then kind of keep the momentum going, you know, there's a potential they could be six and zero going to center or, or hosting Center Grove on October second. Uh, and I know that's you know, again, we're looking way too far ahead, but but you know, the possibility of that I don't think is out of the question uh, to 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 think that could happen. Uh, will it happen? We'll 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 see. I mean, you can't in the mick. It's it's a uh, you know, week by week proposition at best, but uh, but. Yeah. Definitely, this Pike team is much, much improved from where it was, uh, and I think they were better last year than one and nine showed. But uh, obviously, a much better team now. No, absolutely, this is a team that that is no. You can no longer say, "Oh, okay, Pike's on the schedule." You have to really prepare for them now. I mean, this is a team that you know we saw a couple years ago they weren't winning any games, winning one game. I mean, it was. And, and the games weren't even close. Well, first you got to come back, you got to be competitive. And then we saw that in year one with Coach Etch, they were more competitive in the majority of their games. And, and so we're starting to see those things now how, uh, come to fruition for the Red Devils. And, and I agree with you. I think this is a team that, that could catch some of these other, some of these other teams sleeping. I would say, you know, you'll be at, uh, you know, before we get outside the mick here and touch on some of the other games, uh, you'll be at uh, Lawrence Central uh, with the Mick Network on Friday night uh, as they will host uh, Lawrence North. And we, we know Lawrence North finally ended that uh, long losing streak to LC last year in the sectional. And uh, clearly this year a much better Lawrence North team. They went up to Marion on, on Friday and, and won 70-14. to 14. So back-to-back weeks now, 62 points and 70 points uh, that offense has put up. 
uh, behind Donovan McCauley and Omar Cooper and company. And LC, uh, Logan, they're, you know, we kind of knew they would take some lumps this year. Uh, but they went up to Lafayette Jeff, a good program, and they were competitive, 43-28 uh, final. They lost that one, so they come in with an 0-2 record. And uh, we know it's probably going to be a, a tough year for uh, Lawrence Central, but you know here they, they come back home and they have a chance to play their rival and, uh, and turn a few heads if they can pull off this upset. Absolutely. And Lawrence North, they're looking for their first, you know, three and zero stars for about the last 15 years. They haven't had one. So uh, they're looking to kind of make, make some history. They're going to rewrite the record books uh, this season. Uh, you know, Coach Mallory's squad is. And, and Lawrence Central, like we talked about, uh, definitely rebuilding with a new coach and Coach Patterson coming over from Tech. But also, you know, he, he knows how to turn a program around. And what better time than to than to get some revenge on Lawrence North and, and get your season going with a big, a big victory. Uh, the cross township rivalry. I mean that that that's how you you turn the page on the season if you're Lawrence Central and and uh, some people you know think this game might be a little more lopsided. We'll see. We'll see if if Lawrence Central really can come to play. I mean you're bringing in uh, the talk of the town and the Wildcats to your home place. I, I think this is as good as a game as you're going to find uh, when when rivalries come come to town. You know you throw the record books out, out the window. Lawrence North is, uh, you know, they're they're hoping their first winning season since 2005. So it's been a long time. They have not won a sectional since 1990. So all of those uh, things that we talk about and and with Lawrence North for the last several years as they've been uh, trying to rebuild under Patrick Mallory, this is kind of looking more like a team that has an opportunity to to accomplish some of those things. And you know, we'll find out more you know about the Wildcats as we move in, especially next week. Uh, they've got North Central at home. Uh, and then Carmel back to back. So you know, if they can get through this week, a couple of golden opportunities for them back home. So that that'll be kind of one of the stories, the teams to watch. Uh, they're a lot of fun to to cover. Their games last forever because there's a lot of points scored and a lot of fireworks going off. But uh, a lot a lot of fun this year, I think, for Wildcat fans who were able to get out there and see the see this team play. Logan, uh, Indiana had a chance to uh, to shine on ESPN two on Saturday night, and uh, Brownsburg, uh, you know, d- scores one for the state with a uh, comeback win over St. Xavier out of Cincinnati. Uh, that game was uh, thirty to uh, twenty four uh, final, and uh, you know, just a really big win. I thought, you know, Brownsburg, I thought played uh, kind of gave away some opportunities throughout that game, and then uh, Luke Lacey. Uh, one of the better uh, receivers in the area had a had a huge uh, fourth quarter. Uh, you know, made made an interception on defense, and uh, Brownsburg able to pull it out. Uh, a game that wasn't you know there there was some sloppiness to it. There was four turnovers on each side, uh, and it got really wild there late <laughs> in the game. Uh, but uh, interception in overtime, and then Brownsburg just runs the ball three times right down right down to St. X's throat and wins the game. And uh, quite an exciting game, and a, I think a fun, uh, you know, chance for Indiana to to you know grab some of the uh, national audience when there's no college football really going on. So, uh, kind of a, a score one for the state in the, in that opportunity for uh, for Brownsburg. Yeah, and how awesome was that? You know, you see that game trending on on social media, and, and, and having Indiana come out on talk, and Brownsburg get that big signature win that. Felt like they maybe let slip away last year as well. I mean, that was a game they were leading headed into halftime, and then it got ugly in the second half, and we were able to get some revenge there on St. X. And uh, one thing's for certain, after watching that game, uh, Ben Easter's going to fit into the Big 12 
very beautifully. I mean, he looks he looks for the long ball every time. I mean, it's <laughs> running gun offense, and I love it. It's awesome. Um, and he definitely showed his strengths and his abilities as, as a quarterback. He's one of the elite quarterbacks in the state as well. And that Brownsburg offense, uh, just multiple weapons that can hit you. I mean, uh, they're rotating running backs in and out, and Lacey and Terrell. I mean, those guys were making some big-time grabs. Defense held up when they needed to, and I uh, got a couple lucky breaks there with St. X just not being able to hold on to the football as well. I mean, but that's why you played till the final whistle. I mean, it, it was it was it was really fun to see. Like you said, it, it was sloppy, but it was equally sloppy on both sides. You knew that anything could happen at any moment. I mean, you couldn't change the channel watching that game. You knew no one was out of it until the very end. And kind of having that come from behind victory on national television, and for Brownsburg to show just how strong they are. Uh, against a nationally ranked team in St. X. I mean, that that's awesome stuff. Yeah, well, it was one of those games where, you know, I, as the third quarter ended and, and Brownsburg had just thrown another interception and, you know, they let so many chances go by the boards and it's 17-3 and you're feeling like, well, this is a kind of not a wasted opportunity, but it felt like it should have been a lot closer than it was. And then to kind of see how the fourth quarter unfolded with so many fireworks on, on both sides and, you know why St. X was uh, dropping back to pass there with about two minutes left, and, and on first down, I have no idea. But uh, not you know, a clue. Not a clue. But Brownsburg caused the fumble, and then uh, and then on the other side, you know, Brownsburg gets the kickoff uh, fumble uh, by St. Xavier, and then throws a pass for an interception on the on the next play. And you know, I asked Coach Hart about that after the game, and he said, you know, that's our fault. We, you know, they changed their defense and had a. You had a safety that we didn't account for. Uh, we should have had somebody on another route, uh, kind of taking that safety away. But you know, at the same time, he said, you know, Easters has to throw that ball into the uh, into to the cheerleader next time. But you know, so they kind of let that opportunity slip away, and then they, they and then they get the job done in overtime, which ultimately what people will remember about that game. And uh, I, you know, I just I, I felt like it was a you know a game that should have been you know Brownsburg should have done more in the first three quarters, uh, but. You know, I come away from that game feeling too, like you know, Brownsburg's defense. If they can play like that, uh, that acts because there's been teams in the past. I think Brownsburg's had that. You know, they could score a lot of points, but they'd also give up a lot of points. And this team looks like more of a kind of a Mick type of a defense to me. I, it, it, I think more realistic to think that they could, you know, go to toe to toe with a really good Mick team. Uh, and be able to hold their own and keep it a, a low-scoring game in November. And I think that's kind of what you have to do. You have to count on you know, being able to stop people in November. And this looks more like a team that can do that, I think, than, than teams Brownsburg's had in the past. No, absolutely. This team, this team looks like the real deal. Uh, we've already seen them kind of flex their muscle against Ben Davis. And now doing it against St. X, they're back on that winning track and and uh, I, like I said last week, I'm, I'm ready for week four. I know I'm looking ahead, but I'm ready for Brownsburg-Avon. I'm ready for that matchup and those two offenses uh, to score at will maybe against each other. Uh, two of the best offenses you'll see in the state. I'm ready for it. I think Brownsburg uh, just has a different mindset this year. Uh, after how the, how it all ended last year. Yeah, don't sleep on Avon. They went out and uh, they beat Ben Davis 54-13 on Friday. That was after the week one loss to LN. Uh, Christian McCray, really good running back. And, of course, we know Henry Hessen, what he's been able to do at quarterback. 
Uh, and they have an interesting game this week against HSE at home, and I think that will be a, a really good game. And I'm with you. I'm looking forward to that Brownsburg game in week four. Uh, Avon Brownsburg, you know Avon will want to avenge the uh, loss last year in the sectional uh, that, that kind of ended their their streak of sectional championship uh, victories. So, you know, that'll be a good one. Avon HSE, I think HSE has maybe caught people by surprise a little bit. John McCall, at quarterback, and – you know they're they're doing a good job so far. Even though they lost that game to North Central, it was probably closer than what people expected. So, uh, good game in the HCC Avon and HSC on uh, on Friday night. Brownsburg mentioned them. They go to Franklin Central. Uh, Franklin Central was uh, lost lost big, thirty six six to Ron Colley on Friday, and Ron Colley will host Chatard. Uh, that should be a great game Friday night. Chatard. You know they're they won ten zero over East Central and uh, you know that's always a huge rivalry game Chittard around Collie and I think both teams uh, kind of at a point now where you'd expect a, a really competitive game. Uh, Baron Hubler had a, had a really big game at running back uh, last week. Uh, you know almost three hundred rushing yards in that game uh, for Ron Collie. So I expect that to be a really good battle uh, down there on the south side. Ron Collie hosting Chittard on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's going to be one. I mean, Ron Colley, uh really putting that beat down on, on Franklin Central and getting this team uh, going again this year. And like you said, coach coming in, it's, I, think, I think the Rebels are going to be uh, a team to look out for uh, in, in that class there as well. And Chittard maybe taking a little bit of a step back uh, from, from absolutely dominating uh, last year. But still, whenever Chittard comes to town, you have to be ready. And a little bit of history between these two schools as well. Oh, yeah. Should be a good one. I uh, did mention uh, you know, the HCC Westfield uh, will play uh, Zionsville, hosting Zionsville on Friday. That should be another good game. Uh, Westfield bounced back uh, from that loss to Cathedral uh, with a 34-10 win over Harrison. And then uh, Zionsville, um, they went to... Uh, Lebanon knocked off Lebanon 42 to 19 on Friday night. Uh, another big game for Colin Price at running back, uh, both receiving and running. So he had 184 on the ground and four touchdowns in all. So uh, he continues to do the job uh, for Zionsville out of the backfield. Uh, so that should be another good game. And then New Pal, they open their season uh, on Friday night with a 28 to 8 win over Burbuff. Uh, they have a freshman running back, Grayson Thomas had 115 yards, and that puts him only 10,753 yards behind uh, Charlie Spiegel for the all-time uh, state record. <laughs> <laughs> Who's keeping track, though, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep running that total every week that he that he gets closer. <laughs> so, New pal, that was their 64th uh, consecutive regular season win, by the way. And uh, Logan, I'm curious to see. Yeah, I know that's way way off still, but New Pal Cathedral kind of keeping an eye on those two teams. Who's better in five A? And I think right now you'd probably say Cathedral, Cathedral would maybe have the slight upper hand. No, absolutely. With, with the performance that we've seen from Cathedral so far, uh, we know that, that they brought in a couple guys and they really uh, can put points on the board quickly and stop some of the best teams that you'll see in the state. So. I think right now they get the slight nod, and, and with New Pal, uh, just kind of a, a, a fresh new group, but it's starting to. I think, I think the Dragons are, are in a reload type of building. I mean, it's kind of turning into to this uh, this dynasty, so to speak, or a premier program uh, over there. So I think we just haven't seen enough of them yet, and some of these new guys in new positions. But like you said, once once November rolls around, I mean, the gloves come off. It, it, it you never know what's going to happen. 
as you say, this may be a year, you know, if you're going to beat them, this may be the year to do it uh, as they kind of rebuild, reload uh, over there at, at New Pal. Uh, that'll do it for uh, for this week's show. There's there's some good games coming this week. We'll have a lot of coverage at IndyStar.com. And uh, Logan, once again, what do you what are you guys doing over there at the Mick Network this week? Yeah, we're going to be covering uh, Lawrence North, Lawrence Central, battling with the townships. Uh, we're looking forward to again our first look at Lawrence Central and first year coach uh, Coach Patterson uh, coming over from Tech, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing Lawrence North again and Donovan McCauley, Omar Cooper, and uh, seeing if if, uh, if if they can. You know, hang 70 on the Bears defense. You never know. You just never know with a rivalry game what, what to expect. That was It was a fun game last year. I think every four years they play that at Lucas Oil. So uh, last year was the game at Lucas Oil, and it was a – it was it was a barn burner. as is a high scoring game. LC ended up winning that one, but uh, uh, I do think that'll be a that'll be a good game on Friday night. And curious to see what LN you know they're kind of one of those stories we'll be tracking all year and see what they can do with that great offense. But uh, once again, Logan, uh, thanks thanks a bunch for joining us. Absolutely, thank you.